0: Please open your Bibles to the book of Matthew, chapter 6. I'll try to speed through the introduction in case it's too familiar. We want to welcome our our online uh, folks. I joke about that a little bit, but I just heard again a story uh, this week about someone, a friend of a friend, someone we've never met in this house that lives in Colorado, a physician that that has now leaned into uh, this message every week. And is grateful for it. And so we're, we're just grateful to be able to serve people, right? So now that means if people are watching us, you in this room need to look like you it matters. Yeah, so, that, so don't do courtesy chuckles. Don't do courtesy claps or, or, or putt-putt amens. You know, they need to think, oh, these people are happy to be there. Because we've told them it's good to watch, but the real fun's here. You're, okay, that's not too bad, but thank you, Mom. It's nice to have you back. Way to lead the way. In case you don't know, my mama likes me. You know, I called the house the other day. I called the house there back from their trip, and my mom answers, hello, and and, uh, and uh, I didn't tell you this. but I thought about putting it on Facebook, but I didn't want to make certain other siblings jealous. Uh my aunt's my aunt and we answer the phone and and my dad's in the back and something and my he must have said who is it or maybe he didn't even say it she just wanted to make the announcement and she says oh it's the joy of our life and i was like i'm 48 and she calls me the joy of her life still <laughs> take that rest take that everybody else at 43rd street <laughs> once the youngest always the youngest am i right am i right all right <laughs> the, the book of Matthew calls the reader to follow Jesus, and then where we are in this gospel is this that this it's follow Jesus, and this is what a disciple is and does and looks like. Jesus is teaching those disciples, and this is whoop! Here we go. This this is the exciting part because it, author, audience, agenda. When we use Doctor Dav's AAA method of Bible hermeneutic, we, it brings it it brings us into living contact with the text in a better way. We say who's writing and who's the audience, what's the agenda here, and when we read particularly the Sermon on the Mount and realize that it's not. Uh, it, of course, it can and should be read by everybody. The Bible's available. You can buy this. You can anybody can find it online. Anybody can read it. Yeah, Amen. Yeah. Everybody should. Amen. But who was originally? These words are being spoken directed to the disciples of Jesus. The disciples of Jesus. Say it with me. The disciples of Jesus. So he's talking to disciples. And so that that helps us understand that, that there are some nuances here. There are some differences here. There are some expectations here. There are some privileges here that aren't necessarily made available and open to everybody. But to those who have said, I have decided to follow Jesus, there is something special for you. And so that's what we're looking at. So last week we saw that the disciples of Jesus, that Jesus taught us in verse 10, you know, king, you know, your kingdom you know, come, your will be done, as in heaven, so on earth. He told us to pray big and really big, right? But today, it's not that we aren't still praying big, but what we see today in verse 11, just verse 11, we see that nothing is too small to matter much. As a matter of fact, we can all just read the whole text together this morning. It's not going to be hard. It's verse 11, and you've probably heard it before. Here it is. I'll read it to you, and then we're all going to read the text out loud. Take a deep breath. Here it goes. Give us this day our daily bread. And you're thinking, well, good, because you've only got nine minutes to get through this. (laughs) You you better have, you've got eight minutes to talk about bread, and then I'm out. I want to say the verse together. Give us this day our daily bread. Okay, now I really have. I really am going to try to seatbelt my enthusiasm. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Because because so many historical commentators want want to force what we call the Lord's Prayer, which is really the disciples' prayer, they want to force it into some eschatological reality. They want to, they want to pull vault it into something that, is, that we're praying for something to happen someday. Oh, let these things happen someday that they have a at least the first part, it sounds so eschatological, and they don't want to, and they want to keep their hermeneutical integrity, so they want to stay that way. They want to keep it eschatological, and so a lot of a lot of commentators will come to you know give us this day our daily bread and they, start, they want to make it about the Eucharist and they want to make it about, about manna that's some sort of a restoration of manna before Jesus comes back I mean really they, they just lose their minds and, and the point is the grammar doesn't allow us to, an eschatological interpretation of the text the grammar is an aorist imperative right now kingdom come right now we'll be done right now as in heaven so on earth and also right now we need bread what's this what's the mystery of this passage bread Give us this day our daily bread. Now, not necessarily just bread. If you're, if you're on keto or, or you're on uh, paleo or you're on carnivore or you're on, uh, what's that thing where you can't have the thing? What's that? The gluten. If you're on that gluten thing and you say, I don't, you can pray this. Give me this day my daily ribeye. I'm praying now one. you can agree with me. Hey, amen. It's good. Amen. What what does what bread mean? Bread. Bread means food. Bread means necessity. This this not this is not to be spiritualized, but it does mean this. Jesus is saying, Whatever you need today for life, pray for that. And give it. And he says, give us today. What does today mean? Right now. Someone say now. Right now, this phrase goes from kingdom on earth to focusing on this moment. Although God is transcendent and triumphing over the cosmos, He is intimately involved with this very moment in your life. This is a prayer that reminds us that we can anticipate and we need to anticipate and ask for whatever we need God wants to bring us. He wants to meet us in this moment. One of these things, I'm going to hope I say this later, but if I don't say it, I'll say it now. One of the things that we've got to not do with our faith is treat faith like we're crossing our fingers and praying for a someday thing. That is not the Bible faith. Faith isn't, well, I hope this happens someday. There is, of course, an element to faith that says, I trust him for the future. Uh, the revealed things be- belong to me. What is hidden belongs to God. I've got to trust him. You know, we un- I understand that. But one of the ways that that kind of future faith is fueled is by practicing a faith that expects God to meet me in this moment. And Jesus is, and and you think, well, that sounds kind of, I'm not so sure we should expect God to meet us. And Jesus is the one telling us. He's telling his disciples, pray now like it matters now. Pray now like it matters now, and you need God to act in the now. God is a fan of now. For you scholars in the room that have your study Bibles open and your notes in the columns and your footnotes, you might say, uh, Dr. Deb, yeah. I noticed that this this might not, one possible translation is not daily bread, but uh, uh, bread for tomorrow. And it looks like Jesus is actually telling us to pray for the bread of tomorrow, is that possible? No. (laughs) It violates the word Today. You're saying, no, I, I can't believe how many commentators say, well, it could be for tomorrow. So you're saying Jesus is telling his disciples, give us today our bread for tomorrow. <laughs> no. The problem is that this word, this daily bread is a, is a unique phrase, and it's only found twice in all of Greek literature. One in the book of Matthew, one in the book of Luke. <laughs> After that, it's nowhere else. Isn't that great? So, and what it means is, and here's the cool thing. What it means is, it it should be translated, the most wooden is, give us today the bread we need next. The dynamic is, Lord, I'm asking right now for what I need next. Whatever I need next, I'm going to ask you for that right now. There's There's the rhythm. What is Jesus teaching his disciples? He's teaching us to pray for provision. And that as disciples, as his followers, God's provision in your life is contingent upon your praying. He wants to bring divine provision into your life, and he has ordained for that to happen as you pray. Now, why is that significant? Well, if we go and we read our Bibles big. Chuck knows this. Dad knows this. Other people know this. You've read your Bibles a couple of times. You say, hmm, I seem to remember reading through the Psalms and other places where it celebrates the, the prevenient grace of God, the general grace of god the the grace of god that says he uh, he opens his hand and and feeds and nourishes every living thing right the psalmist celebrates the the sovereign provision of god over the earth right that he feeds birds and 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 jesus says hey we'll read it later hey don't get all stressed out the birds got food the flowers grow what are you worried about right he there's a there is a a standard consistent biblical presentation of the providence of god that cares for all of creation right The apostolic sermons, apostolic messages, the Apostle Paul says that God actually is giving himself a witness. He is testifying to his own goodness, drawing men to himself simply by these providence acts, right? By by rain and seed and harvest and all that, right? He's calling men. So then why, why, why is Jesus saying, well, you know, you ought to pray for that bread. Is he saying that everybody else is wrong? <laughs> What's he mean? He is, dis- I believe that what Jesus is doing is he is not, he, let's start with what he's not doing. He is not, he is not giving us some sort of a breadline mentality as his disciples. There's a lot, of, a lot of your study Bibles, a lot of your notes will say, and I, they mean well, and they're trying to keep us from being arrogant and independent and all that, and they'll say, yep, what Jesus is saying is we need to stay close and just you know, cling to him for every need. And, and they're almost in suggesting that Jesus is wanting us to live like we're in a bread line, that Jesus is somehow wanting to put us on, put us on a leash of dependency. But Jesus is not advocating slavery or making us beggars. So if he's not rejecting the rest of biblical doctrine and he's not trying to make his disciples particular beggars, what is he actually doing? He is, in what, what Jesus is doing when he says to us, when he says to his disciples, pray, give us today our daily bread, I believe what he is saying, I believe it's clear from the text, from a larger text, is he is inviting his disciples to expect, to participate. They, are, they have been invited to be participants in divine provision, that This is divine provision. This is... No matter what's happening in the world around you, no matter what NASDAQ is doing or the stock market is doing, or if the rest of Egypt is having flies and maggots, you are in the land of Goshen. There is a special privilege, there is a special provision for the followers of Jesus. That regardless of what's happening around you, just like heaven is the standard of your hope, heaven is also your supply, heaven is your source. Heaven is your supply. You have access to a supply that the world does not. Oh. Do you see how that changes? Who give us today little crumbs to eat. Instead, it says, oh, we have access to the Almighty. Woo. Wow. Very exciting. This is serious. This is powerful. This is divine provision. Oh, Mildred, it sounds like he's venturing close to that prosperity gospel. (sighs) Well, I'm not venturing anywhere near the poverty gospel. (sighs) Because there's no, that's not good news at all. Disciples pray for provision because God is our source. Oh, wow. Jesus says that our Father is literally the source of bread for the necessity of life for all of that are living. The idea is that he's saying, look, if God is the source of even your bread, then he is the source of everything that you will ever need. And this, what kind of, what does this do for us as disciples? Oh, it gives us such confidence. It gives us such hope. This gives us great faith. Yeah. Yes, who would have thought that give us today our daily bread is actually an invitation to believe God for great things. Because because if God is my source and I have been given access to divine supply, then there is no limit. Because there's no lack in heaven. There's no lack, there's no limit, there's nobody's broke, nobody's bankrupt, nobody gets laid off, there's just no limit in heaven. If God is my source, then now to Him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you ask or think, according to Him, be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through every generation forever. Amen. Faith. This, believing this means we've got to, if we're going to pray, we should bring faith that is the same size as our source. Wow. Nothing else and no one else can we see as our source because that's idolatry. Don't turn your eyes anywhere else but heaven. You're a disciple of Jesus. Now. Now. Well, that's true, we pray, oh, my goodness, I, I imagine I'm connected to something. It also, it also brings me, not only does it bring me confidence and faith, but oh, it, it settles me down a little bit. I don't mean like not as excited, but not as anxious. Yeah. Dad, what do you mean? God's provision is enough. It is sufficient. No lack. It is sufficient for today. Amen. This verse says, live today like manna in the desert his the these the readers the hearers jesus audience would remember that the manna in the desert god gave them all they needed for that day and if they tried to get anxious and worry about the next day and store a little bit else it got rotten maggot and 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 anxiety will always get rotten worry always turns to rotten always so praying for daily bread Teaches me to live one day at a time. Did you know that you cannot live in yesterday or tomorrow? And when you try, and you do, when you try to worry about yesterday or borrow worry from tomorrow, that is the recipe for anxiety. You will exhaust yourself worrying about tomorrow. You will kill yourself. You will make yourself sick. God will supply the grace you need for today. Someone say today. today. One more time. Let me say it again. That today means now. This tells me that I can recognize that faith is supposed to be exercised in the now faith is not me crossing my fingers and hoping for a someday slice of bread but faith while faith trusts god for the future it expects god to act in the now that honors god we anticipate he's going to act in the now I, and i realize i can feel the rub because people say oh we don't want to we don't want to make demands of god we don't want to test god we want to be but see our 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 attempts to be overly polite toward heaven have and muffled our faith by trying to be, well, we don't want to be offensive. God is not offended by faith. Word on the street is he's happy with it. Word on the street is he's actually not happy by anything else other than faith. Word on the faith is he seems to get a kick out of people who exercise a little bit too much of it. This is not part of it, but my some one of my kids asked me the other day about about Jacob and Esau. And what's? Oh, Emily, she said, "What's the deal? Like, what's the deal?" She said, "I get that Jacob got blessed, but Esau, why did he get nothing? Why did he get all the nonsense?" And I said, "Because he 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 despised his birthright." But the question was has as been asked before. Why would God even pay attention? Why would God even honor such aggression by Jacob? I mean, it's a little a little sneaky, isn't it? But uh, Dr. Horton, back in the day, Dr. Horton, Dan, Dr. Stanley Horton, somebody of God Scholar, Dr. Horton, THD. Dr. Horton said, here's the deal. As much as it might bother us, what, what, what Jacob did, with the difference between Jacob and Esau is faith. One of them reached for God and reached for blessing, reached for what God had with faith. One of them despised it. What, what are you trying to say, to? I'm saying don't worry about offending God by having too much faith. I don't know, I'm really going to believe God for something. Well, be careful, it'll hurt his feelings. (laughs) Faith says, Lord, I'm expecting, I'm anticipating because of who you are. I'm expecting, Lord. Irrespective of what I see, I'm expecting that you're acting in the now. And I'm going to pray with expectancy. Now, one more thing this is not. When we say give us today our daily bread, this does not necessarily mean that God is Uber Eats. Now, if you don't know what an Uber EAT is, that's when you pick up your phone, you push two buttons, and someone brings Wendy's to your house for you because it's too hard (laughs) to go through the drive-thru. Now, if you wonder how I know this, it's because I do it. (laughs) Oh, my word. It's like Beulah Land. Are you telling me I can just go bop, 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 and the food come to me? Now, that's not entirely unusual for 25 years. It's not like that. My wife's going to say, how is that different than food come to you anyway? Shh, don't say.
1: Uh,
0: uh, uh. But God is not your butler. You don't just bibbity bop and angels come bring turkey sandwich. Yes, that's happened. I'm not saying it's not possible. I don't think they had turkey sandwich. They had something else, you know, but... But he is the source. He is the source of the means and the ends of provision. He is the source of your willpower, your discipline, and your efforts. He is the, so he is the source of, you, of your getting up when your alarm goes off. He is the source of you saying, I don't, I don't want to go to work. He is the source of you going anyway. He is the source and the supply. Provision does not preclude your participation. God is the source of the seed, the soil, and the power that makes things grow. Give us this day our daily bread. We look to you, Lord. We recognize that we aren't just passive participants, but we're still looking to you for divine provision. Disciples pray for provision because God is our source. I've got, I'm going to hurry along and skip some other smaller points. Let's go to that last, the last point today, and that is this: disciples pray for provision because God cares. We pray for provision because God is our source and because God cares. Everybody say God cares. God cares. He cares. He cares. <laughs> I mean, listen. He's this. The verse 11 says that God cares about bread bread i mean there's war there's disaster there's evil there's there's devils there's at the time there was rome and eternity hanging in the balance and the crucifixion the via della rosa and all that stuff is happening and there are people that are dying there are people around him that have devils and sick and things are happening and judas is trying to get some coin and yet jesus stops and talks to his disciples about bread And if you lean closer to the story, there are disciples and people that maybe they're listening. Maybe they haven't even if they're made up their mind, but they're listening close, and they know they have none at home. And they hear, they hear that there's a God in heaven who cares enough about them to want them to know, I know about the bread you need. Jesus did not come just to reveal to us that God is powerful. If we believe there's any sort of a God, anybody with half a brain who believes there is some sort of a God would assume that he can do stuff. Well, I believe, in, I believe in God, but he's probably not that strong. He's probably not a, like a god. <laughs> the idea of God seems to indicate he can do stuff. But, the, but see, but, but the Greeks and everybody else, they're gods, first of all, phony, also carnal, also selfish, also polluted, also corrupt. But Jesus comes to reveal a God who's not polluted or corrupt or phony or anything else. Not only, not, only, not only is he omnipotent, he is compassionate. He cares. So, disciples pray because God is our source and because God's, he cares. We, that's why we pray for provision. And we should, just as our faith should come that that it should match the size of God's power to provide, our faith should come and should honor the capacity of God to care. We should pray that audaciously about large things, small things, things that might not even seem like they even matter. We should pray deeply and fervently for provision even there. Jesus is with a crowd of multitude of thousands and thousands of people. He's been with them for for three days. In other versions, we hear that he's been performing miracles. He's been teaching them about the kingdom, working miracles, uh, opening blind eyes, doing all of the things. This crowd is absolutely undone with all of the wonderful things that Jesus has been doing. And for three days, he's been seeing stuff that, that that the planet, most of the planet has never seen. It may never in some way. Remarkable. Life changing stuff. Teaching them, explaining to them. Probably just the same thing we read in Luke. Literally power flowing out of him, touching them, driving out. Three days. Thousands of people. How many think after three days you'd say, that's a pretty good church? Yeah. <laughs> How many would think that's about it? There's nothing, nothing. We don't, we have, there's no more need. You know what Jesus says as before he's finished with all of that? He says, hmm. Let's feed these people. I don't want to send them away hungry lest they faint on the way. Literally, don't, 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 don't spiritualize or mystify the fact that what Jesus said is after all of that, he said, they're hungry. I don't want to send them away hungry. I care about bread. But the same power that he opened blind eyes and and the lame walked, and, there was, and, and he delivered and drove devils out of people, that same power is also compassionate, Amen. even about the smallest yeah. things. So when you say, I don't know if God cares about this or about my house or about the day that I'm having, I'm not saying that God's into your melodrama. I mean, maybe he is, but I do know that he cares. He cares, and you should pray like it. God cares. cares. And you should pray like it. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication and with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Disciples believe that God is our source and that he cares. So we pray for provision. And that's what it means to follow Jesus. Let's pray together this morning. I know I've gone a long time. Let's just take a few more moments right now in this moment, this holy moment. I would like you to think about, perhaps. God is our source and God cares. It may be one thing, but we can look at both of those dimensions. I want you to pray with faith today. I want you to bring faith that matches the size of the source. But something that's today, so a need that's right in front of you. Don't borrow worry about tomorrow. What's right in front of you? And how would you pray if you believed God cared? ask today from a great big good God a great big good Father I encourage you just talk to Him about it right now leave here thinking you'll get to it later Just think about it in your mind. Just, just talk. Musicians are going to take it up just a little bit of a notch so that you don't have to worry about your neighbor hearing you whisper. Just talk to the Lord. For you. Father, here we are this morning with our faith as your disciples. Lord, we don't live in yesterday, we don't live in tomorrow, but right now, today, we look for your provision, we look for your supply, because you are our source and you care. So, Lord, we ask today for divine provision. We are content, we are grateful, we are confident thank you for this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ who loves us first and most if you believe that would you say amen amen the Lord bless you thank you for your patience today walk today